When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hi, Monica. Hello, above average height person. Hello, below average height person. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm also well. I found out today that the tallest man on earth to have like ever walked the earth. Yeah. Uh, is a man named Robert Pershing Wadlow from Alton, Illinois. Wow. He, he stood at a whopping 8 feet 11.1 inches tall. That's a tall drink of water. That is a tall drink of water. <laughs> I accidentally read it as 11 feet, and I was like and I highly impressed. And <laughs> Jessica was like, ooh. <laughs> the taller the better. I know. She's just trying to climb a tree. I re- You know, like I have, I am not, what would it be, heightist? I don't know. Heightist, elitist. Yeah, like as long as you're not sh- as long as you're not shorter than me, I'll date you. And I'm five six, so that tends to be pretty easy. That's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm I'm five two, so that's very easy. Yeah, but like I re I like do especially like it if you're over six feet, and I know that that's cliche, mm-hmm. and I recognize that. Amen. But you like what you like. Sorry. You like what you like. <laughs> I mean, you should, if you really want to find a tall man, you should go to yeah. the Netherlands. I should, but they, they don't want to move here. Well, no, the average height, <laughs> I know they have free healthcare over there. Don't move here. They Netherlands have paternity people. leave. And no, uh, the average height of man in the Netherlands is five feet, 11.9 inches. Oh, baby. Can you believe that? Can that, you believe that uh, being average? No, I can't. Like six feet. Eh, that's average. <laughs> I do feel like if I ever went to Scandinavia, I would feel incredibly ugly though. Do you ever Why? feel that way? I don't think so. Because everyone is tall and blonde. I would stand out. Like, mm. No, I would stand well, out. Well, I know I would stand mm-hmm. out, but I'd be like, wow. Stand everyone out. here is like literally a model, just I- like normally. Aver- the average is model. That's true. <laughs> well, I would be a different kind of model. Yeah, you'd be like a petite. Yeah. An airy, inclusive model. <laughs> a teacup model. Yeah. One of those teacup dolls. I fit in a teacup, literally. You're like a teacup chihuahua. I know. Yeah. Like, you know, those pictures on Pinterest of like those dogs that fit in like mugs. That's me. Get in me the a Netherlands. Mug. My, yeah, in the Netherlands. It's just me and my house, and my house is just a mug. <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, come back to my house. It's a mug. It's a mug because I'm a teacup. I have three shoes. (laughs) Two for my feet, one just in case. (laughs) Don't they have a word in the Netherlands for like stopping to have like a coffee break? I don't know. It's like... I don't know. Is it exclusively the Netherlands? Is it, are we just talking about Scandinavia in general now? I think Scandinavia in general. I think it's like, it's like, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of things that are not Ikea things. <laughs> uh, the only word I know is like the, the word that for like cozy or whatever the fuck it is. What is it? It's like, I think it's pronounced like hoog or something, but it's spelled H Y G G. Oh, isn't that? No, that's like, that's like the design style, right? Like, but yeah, but it's like, like hi, 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 but, <laughs> but it's like, 
cozy and yeah, it, it roughly translates to cozy, I believe. Okay, I have to look this up. Monica's gonna Google Give it. Give me one second. Okay. Fika. <laughs> it, uh, fika is Swedish for coffee break. That's more about socializing than drinking coffee. I feel like it's probably fika. Fika. <laughs> fika on the end. Fika. Isn't fika something else? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it, no, I think you're thinking of FICO, like FICO score. What's your FICO score, Jessica? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I only date. I mean, I'm married, but like, if if I could, I'd be like, send me your credit report and your credit score, please. That's I'd what like, your app bio would be. <laughs> credit Karma, where you at? Sponsor credit Daddies us. only. I know. Credit Karma, sponsor us. We use you. Experience, sponsor us. I use you. Thank you very much. Monica's so much more financially uh, woke than Which, me. Which, by the way, if y'all if y'all are out there using Robinhood. Please don't. <laughs> they a bunch of they a bunch of con artists and assholes over there. Oh boy, are we gonna get sued for libel? Is that what that would be? Libel, Slander? libel, libel. <laughs> hey, I made it out of clay, and when it's hot and ready, libel I shall say. Robin Hood is bad. Yes, yes. Use something else. It is for the best. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. I am not a financial planner. I am not a CPA. Do not take financial advice from from my movie podcast. <laughs> or do. Or do. We can't control you. We can't control what you do. Exactly. We can't do anything. Exactly. You know who I probably would take financial advice from, though? Who? The person that we're talking about today, Monica. And who is that? That is Natalie Portman. Natalie Hirschlag is an Israeli-born American actress, director, producer, and activist. She was born in Jerusalem and grew up in Long Island, where she was spotted by a Revlon agent at a pizza restaurant at the ripe age of 10. Wow. She turned down their offer to become a child model, but used the opportunity to get an acting agent. Oh, I know. After landing an understudy role in an off-Broadway musical, Natalie landed her first film role in Luc Besson's 1994 action drama, Léon the Professional which is when she adopted her paternal grandmother's maiden name of Portman as her stage name. Her career quickly took off, but Natalie prioritized theater and education, only doing films periodically as they worked around her school and performance schedules, which was probably a good thing because she went to Harvard, which is pretty cool for her, I guess. Oh my God. <laughs> her role in Zach Braff's 2004 romantic comedy Garden State is widely considered her return to acting as a quote unquote adult. And since then, she has starred in truly so many movies, including blockbuster franchises like Star Wars and Thor. She garnered Oscar, Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTA nominations and wins for her roles in Closer, Black Swan, and Jackie, with her role in Black Swan getting her that sweet, sweet Oscar. She's also the literal daddy to two children. Two kiddos. Two kiddos. A boy and a girl. A boy and a girl whose mom went to Harvard and now she's actor and now she's good. Yes. Yes. Hey. Yes. 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 I... Before you fucking interject, you asshole, I love Natalie Portman. I know you do. What I was going to say is I think this episode will be fun because I don't love Natalie Portman. I know. And we know that you guys like when we disagree because it's fun for us. It's fun for you. It's fun for me. It's fun for we. It's truly. It's fun for everyone involved. It's fun for the whole family. Yeah. So, well, I do have some good things to say, so we'll we'll get into it. All right. Monica, tell us about the first one. Let's talk about the first one. We. 
Leon the Professional. It came out in 1994, written and directed by Luc Besson. After her father, stepmother, stepsister, and little brother are killed by her father's employers, Matilda, played by Natalie Portman, <laughs> the 12-year-old daughter of an abject drug dealer, manages to take refuge in the apartment of Leon, played by Jean Renault, a professional hitman. At her request, he teaches her the methods of his job so she can take her revenge on the corrupt DEA agent, played by a lovely Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. Who ruined her life by killing her beloved brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her whole family. Yeah, but, but she's not pissed about them. She's she specifically she's pissed about says, I'm only mad because they killed my little brother. Who was her, like, be- her bestie. Yeah, he, he was the innocent. Everyone yes. else was an asshole. That's true. Her That's- dad sucked. Her stepmom was weirdly played by ellen green very odd dressed exactly like audrey her character of audrey very <laughs> odd choice ellen green is an uh enigma yeah Genuinely. she's really hard to pinpoint that one she's very talented but very weird she's very talented but very weird yeah. but she plays she plays the stepmom here she has about two lines before she gets blasted Maybe. away in a bathtub yeah <laughs> it's it's bloody it's, it's not really good. bloody this movie is very violent but how could yeah. you you can't expect anything less from mm-hmm. a movie called leon the professional about the hitman and a small girl <laughs> yes very very bloody though i heard they made it I heard they took out a lot of the vi- some of the violence some of the because Wi-Fi. Natalie's parents were just like no, yeah Natalie okay Natalie had a great upbringing I would say mm-hmm. like to have parents who like valued her and like her education enough yeah for them to be like nah 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 because like I mean yeah. yes you can credit it to her for her to you know for her sticking up for herself and going no I want to focus on school <laughs> but also like. She was underage. Her parents needed to make decisions for her. Yeah. And also, I mean, from every interview I've seen of her, she also like adopted their, like uh, their priorities Mm -hmm. surrounding education. And so I think you're an especially good parent for you to prioritize it. And then for you to also get your kid on board. Yeah. Like it's just, it's pretty cool to see that coming from like a child star. I would, Mm -hmm. I would classify her as a child star. I really would because she got famous prior to 18. That's true. So, you know, knowing that and like knowing how she came out on the other side is you yeah. know very unfortunately rare <laughs> yeah very rare for her to come out on the other side like completely fine yeah so. exactly especially with this being her first film yeah with this being her very first film and the way that she maneuvered it mm-hmm. and the like especially with the subject matter and like the amount of emotional you know the the emotional versatility that she had to have for this role at such a young age is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. I will say that like the one thing that I love about her acting in this is I feel like she has really good instincts. She does. Especially as a kid. Um, Like she does really feel where she's supposed to be within a story and emotionally. Um, My issues come elsewhere, but (laughs) we'll start start on that high. Do you're okay. (laughs) I I have a question because her acting in this as a child Mm -hmm. is somewhat different from her acting as an adult i agree um and it's very uh, the only word i really have for it is different so do you prefer her as a child actor or as an adult actor um or do you just hate both as a child (laughs) really i find her early roles to be much more captivating to me at least because 
It's for it's for several reasons, but and I see some of it within this role too. Like this role is not without its faults in right, my right. eyes. Like I think she is a shockingly like controlled actor. Oh yeah. Even when she's supposed to be a child, when she is supposed to have like little silly moments, she seems so in control to the point where I feel she's very presentational at times. And I look at her and I go like, granted, it is not your job as an actor to show who you are as a person in every role. But I cannot tell you that I have ever gotten a glimpse of who Natalie Portman actually is in a role unless Natalie Portman is actually just kind of boring. Oh, because (laughs) I'm like, I don't see any like depth I feel like there's like not a lot behind what she does that's not to say that what she does isn't good but I don't see like I don't see a lot of stuff within her like backing up her performance I see so so even though she has good instincts you don't think that there is a lot of like emotional depth yeah there because there is no insight to her as a person guiding her acting yeah versus her present like i get i guess what i'm trying to say is how i'm perceiving what you're saying is she is presenting the character versus being the character yeah yeah and but i also feel like that might be just how she is as a person she seems like a very presentational put together person as well so like that just might be who natalie portman is which is fine that just also means that she's not like the actor for me that makes sense I will say I love, I actually really love that control. Like I love watching her. My preference is also her more earlier roles. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like watching her as a kid is so goddamn captivating. Yeah. Um, And I love, I, I guess the exhilaration for me comes from that control, comes from seeing her like hold back a little bit as a kid because usually with child actors they either give too much or give too little yeah and i think she gave just enough and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she was retaining a lot of control in that role yeah and especially with leon um (laughs) she you know the character of matilda or matilda 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 the H is silent. The H is always silent. <laughs> Whenever I look at her name spelled, Mathilda. my fucking brain goes, it's Matilda. And then my mouth goes, Matilda. <laughs> Matilda. But it's Matilda. And everyone calls her Matilda in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless. Um, I think that with that character, she's witnessed a lot of violence in her life and mm-hmm. she's endured a lot of trauma in her life that I think some reservation is needed in order for like her character to cope and like move through the story and i think the only thing really driving her is revenge right the only thing really driving her character is okay y'all motherfuckers killed my brother Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get that shit back i'm gonna kill you and i the only way for me to realistically learn how to kill someone Mm -hmm. is to uh, ask my next door neighbor (laughs) how to kill someone (laughs) who happens to be a hitman so in her mind, the stakes are very, very high. And it's really just about this one thing, right? She's too young to see, like, the scope of the issue. She's too young to see, like, the world outside of her problem. Yeah, It's just this one thing. If this person is dead, my entire life will be rectified. Like, if this person dies, if, this, if I'm able to finally kill this person, my whole life will have meaning again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, all my problems will be solved. I no longer will have to worry about... Myself, I no longer will have to worry about like what I'm gonna do when I grow up. I'm not gonna worry about anything because this one thing will fix everything. Yeah, and that is a very like childlike mentality 
to have. Yeah. And obviously like being a child. So it's very interesting to think about like how an actor would move in that role. Have had that role been like a much older child, like Mm -hmm. a 14 or a 15 year old. Right. Because if it was like a 14 or 15 year old girl, it's it's a very 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 differently nuanced role mm-hmm. and the priorities i think would be very very different yeah. but she's fucking 10 <laughs> like yeah. she's 10 and she's, she's able to, 12 but yeah well yeah she's 12 <laughs> she's able to like move through this role yeah at a very very young age and i and i i think it's really exhilarating to watch i agree i really really like this movie um i think her like her, the way she displays like childlike resilience is really, really fascinating um, because you meet her and then, and she's fucking smoking and then her dad like smacks her around and she bounces back from it and still like manages to crack jokes through the whole thing. And then like shit gets real when there's, you know, you know, the shot, the iconic close up shot of the POV shot of her like walking up to the door and the camera's just like right in her face for forever and she's crying. And then you're like, okay, this person can do things with her emotions. Indeed. But I will say mm-hmm. that I think the part where I bought her emotions the most, because I I mean, I bought the stakes there, but like, I don't know. It's still, it still really felt controlled and like very, very presentational again to me. But the part where I thought where I, I like really saw her let go is when it's much later in the movie, it's way towards the end where he, where Leon is shoving, shoving her down the elevator shaft mm-hmm. to get her out so that he can go like pretend to be one of the fucking, you know, SWAT yeah, guys yeah, yeah, yeah. and then everything. And she's like sobbing and he's crying and he like kisses her on the forehead and she's like screaming like, you can't leave me, blah, blah, blah. That's the moment where I'm like, okay, fuck. Like I buy this shit. This is, <laughs> well, you buy the relationship. I think one yeah. of Natalie's strongest suits is being able to craft real relationships with her scene partners mm-hmm. and go off of that. Yeah. Right? And I think she loses control there because you can't control another person. Exactly. Right. Like you can't control what the other person's going to do. You can only receive, like you can only receive an offer, receive yeah. an offer. And with other people, it's my favorite to watch her interact with other people. I will agree with you and say, it's like some of my least favorite work that she does is by herself mm-hmm. when the cameras really just focus on her and she's trying to show us what's going on inside that big old nugget of hers <laughs> that big inside, harvard brain inside that big <laughs> big harvard brain um and it's just really thrilling to watch her with another human because i think yeah. there is where she really lets go yeah so i have to i will say i have i have to agree oh i have to agree on the, on the one thing but i will say <laughs> with other parts of her and her control it's so different from what everyone else is doing sure and i really like that yeah, I, I, she's one of those actors where it's not like I, like I fucking hate her. You fucking hate her. I just, she's not like a Jennifer Lawrence where I'm like, she simply should not be famous. Oh my God. <laughs> Hot take. We both hate Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, by like the way. really, really don't like her. Um, and it's not, you know what? We'll get into it another time. Maybe, or maybe or not. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe we'll have a Jennifer Lawrence episode where we just want to scream about how much we hate someone. Yeah, and it's not, you know, <laughs> She's made an entire career for herself as a woman in Hollywood. So commend, you know, commendable, absolutely commendable. Like if you can make, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. (laughs) However, 
we have thoughts and yeah. maybe you'll hear them. Maybe you won't. Yeah, maybe you won't. But, but like for now. with Natalie, I recognize why people find her talented. And I think that what she does is impressive. It's just not for me. It's similar to how I feel about Scarlett Johansson, where I'm like, I get it. I just don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, for the fans, for the listeners, I, uh, I've been asking Jessica to do a Scarlett Johansson episode. <laughs> She refuses. It'll go a lot like this episode, except probably more heated because I really don't like. No, Scarlett no, she Johansson. like really hates ScarJo. <laughs> it's okay. We're doing someone coming up that has ScarJo in a in his film. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, so we'll get to talk about it. We'll get to talk. I'll get to talk about it because this is really the only role I even wanted to talk. Well, about. Well, that's the only role I like her in. Amen. So amen. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, Leon the Professional is an incredible movie. Natalie so Portman aside, Jean Reno is amazing amazing I, horribly underrated actor so underrated and so still mm-hmm. in his movements and still in his thinking still in his acting like i've never i have never witnessed anyone yeah. so still and so magnetic at the same that time scene where How? he is in the movie theater oh my god and the camera's watching him watch a movie i like it like almost made me emotional it was so beautiful like seeing him in awe of cinema i just uh, Ugh. Oh, he's uh, fucking good and gary oldman in this is like uh, oh that's a daddy just oh my god gary oldman is uh, he's I'm so good speechless like I know. gary oldman is one of those people that i'm so afraid to do an episode on because mm-hmm. he's just so he makes me speechless like especially in this role which mm-hmm. like he should have fucking gotten nominated for uh, this role and he didn't like this i think this is one of the big oscar robs <laughs> The Oscar robs of the century. Exactly. Is Gary Oldman not getting nominated for best supporting actor for, for this role? Like he, this is one of the roles where you watch him and you're just like, how the fuck is he doing that? Because you hear the line that he's saying. And I picture at least in my mind, like, well, what would I have thought if I had read this line on a piece of paper? Cause it's a really fucking normal line. I wouldn't have done what he did with it. What he does with script and like story is unparalleled. Unparalleled. Un fucking paralleled <laughs> what a man anyway, anyway back to natalie <laughs> i would give i honestly this is this is my favorite natalie portman performance ever mm. i remember watching this movie i was like mm, i i myself was like 12 or 13 when i first watched this movie mm-hmm. and it was it fucking blew my mind i never had seen a I think the reason why I'm so attached to this movie is because it was the first movie I ever watched where I I had seen someone who was about my age or younger than me who was emoting this much mm-hmm. and offering so much um, within herself. Yeah. And it was so cool to watch someone navigate through childhood trauma, which no one really talked about. Mm-mm. And no one really, no one really talked about whether or not like, oh, your father's doing this or your mother's doing that, or this yeah. is your life, or this is your poor, or you're this, or you're that. Like no one ever talks about it. You're just really in it as a child. And so it was so fascinating to watch an account of a girl who was going through all of this around my age yeah and smoking and like like cussing and being like a fucking little brat while at the same time being self-sufficient like it it blew my fucking mind and like i had never seen a movie that went there and Mm -hmm. i had never watched the movie up until that point like that really centered on childhood trauma and 
really like narrowed down on like this really specific revenge story. Yeah. Like you only hear revenge stories about like, you know, the child who witnessed like the murder of someone and then waits to be a for, murderer for many, <laughs> many years. And then he merges as a murderer. <laughs> like when they're like in their thirties like and they're like, yes. <laughs> ah, yes. It is now my time. It is my time to enact revenge. It's like, nope. This just happened. Yep. Let's fucking go now. Like I've never, I up until that point, I had never seen that before. And it was quite fascinating to me. And I just, I loved Natalie Portman in this role. And Matilda is such an iconic role. And the haircut is fucking iconic. Yes, that fucking haircut. That, her her uh, costuming. Her costuming. Oh, so good. Iconic. I yeah. can I can name off the top of my head multiple people that I have known in my life who is dre- who dressed up as Matilda for Halloween. <laughs> like it is just such an iconic look. It's an iconic role. She carried it really really well, and I just love her. This is my favorite role she's in. <laughs> she loves her. I love her. <laughs> and now we're gonna move to something a little bit more mid career. Um, yeah, yeah, and probably the one that everyone has seen for the most part. I hope you have. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Black Swan, which came out in 2010, written by Mark Heyman and Andres Heinz. Heinz. And John McLaughlin, directed by Darren Aronofsky himself. Oh. We don't love Darren, but we lo- I like this movie. Let's we'll, keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Nina, played by Natalie Portman, is a ballerina in a New York City ballet company whose life is completely consumed by her profession. When artistic director Thomas, played by Vincent Cassel, so good, I fucking love that man, uh, decides to replace prima ballerina Beth McIntyre, played by Winona Ryder. (laughs) (laughs) This was like this was like Winona Ryder's like dipping her toe into making a comeback was in oh black oh my Swan. god and it was oh we'll talk about it it was glorious okay continue so when so when he decides to replace beth for the opening production of their new season swan lake nina is his first choice but she has competition a new dancer lily played by mila kunis impresses toma as well as the two young dancers expand their rivalry into a twisted friendship nina begins to get more in touch with her dark side a recklessness that threatens to destroy her wow this movie uh right off the bat (laughs) i have complicated feelings about darren aronofsky as do i i think some of the shit he does is cool yeah at best i would argue Um, that this is the probably the thing i like most that he's i think this is the best shit he's ever done yeah uh because i have to be fair i haven't seen the fighter and i've heard that's amazing i have and uh this is the best shit he's ever done (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will say. I think he has to he has to really hone in on someone with an intense passion in order for him to yeah. to succeed in his filmmaking. Yeah. He has to hone in on a story about someone or something that is incredibly passionate about one thing and it, it is so controlling and it is so overwhelming and all consuming and that is the only way that he can succeed at filmmaking. Yeah. And I truly stand behind that sentiment. <laughs> and you can come for me and that's okay. That's okay. That's a okay. lot of people like Darren. Uh, a lot of people like Darren. Uh y'all know how I feel about mother. <laughs> you all know how I feel about that movie. I don't think it should have been made. I think he, I think he's a fucking like psychopath for making that movie, but it's okay. It's fine. But Michelle Pfeiffer looked hot in it, so I don't care. <laughs> That's the only redeemable quality. Uh, I also want to get out of the way how much we love uh, Vincent Cassel. Oh my God. Uh, like I'm obs- I'm obsessed with him. I'm I find obsessed. him so like sexy. I find him so sexy and mysterious and like 
dark yeah. and brooding. I will say it's a little creepy that he's like in his 50s and he fully married a girl when she was 18. Yeah, those, they're still together. Very creepy. They are incredibly in love. Yeah. But <laughs> I hope she really was 18 when he started dating her. That's the only thing yeah. that I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing that I really can say <laughs> is what I know, which is she definitely was 18 when they got together. Yeah. And that's, but that's all I know. That's all and I know. And all I can hope is that she wasn't groomed in any way. That's what I hope. And all I can hope is that she truly, honest to God, was 18 yeah. when they started going they have out. a baby. They seem very happy. Yeah. He like fucking worships her supposedly. But okay, so him as an actor, uh, absolutely brilliant. Like I could watch this man. Iconic. Like just Iconic. sit and breathe. Oh my God. And he's just so like, the way that he moves, like the choreography mm-hmm. of his body. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. God, if you guys have never seen the French movie, La Haine. Oh, (laughs) get ready, girls. Fucking watch it. Get ready, girls. Watch it. I watched it for the first time this summer. um, And it's, it's. It's like a staple that you watch at like film school. It's like one of the most stunning films I've ever seen. It's beautiful. Um, He's incredible in it. He's so, he's so, he's so. French. French. He's so, French. He's so French. He is so seductive. Yeah. He's so dark. Oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. He plays like this prick guy yeah. in this movie, Thomas, who like owns the studio, owns mm-hmm. the company, or like is the artistic director, yeah, the artistic director of this company. And it's all him. And um what's really funny is I have seen in my lifetime multiple videos come out like on YouTube or like the interwebs about how this is like not how fucking ballet works. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, it's just, it's a, it's a very, it's a take. It's a take. Yeah. It's a hot take on like how it works and, and how like people don't just like cut you like in the room, like that doesn't happen. And like, like, like the conditions are not the same. That's what people fucking said about, uh, was that movie whiplash whiplash yeah and i was like yeah but also like this has happened before. yes uh, yes and <laughs> i was literally about to say that it's like i have seen so many accounts of this not being accurate but also like low-key it happens and i've seen that shit happen same like i've seen it happen in the room where the the director goes you're out you're done yeah like, like you're not serving this anymore bye like i've seen it fucking happen and you know with whiplash too like i've seen that shit Yes, especially within like art schools. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh my yeah. God. I have seen a teacher throw something at a student before. Uh, like- I have I have had <laughs> shoes thrown at me. Like <laughs> tap shoes, ballet shoes, like things happen. These things mm-hmm. are real. And they're for whatever reason like normalized. Mm-hmm. And you think every day you go and like perform or do whatever and like it's normal and it's really not. No. But also like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's baby? one of those things where you talk to people later in life and you and tell them like, like this funny story hey. about how a teacher once threw like a rock at your head and you're like, isn't that hilarious? And they're, and like, they're like, no, that doesn't happen. Or nor. Or nor. Or nor. Nor, Jessica. That does not happen. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so um it's really funny to watch like um this representation of Mm -hmm. ballet and like professional American ballet and seeing all of the girls and like the realities of, of American ballet are so intense. Mm -hmm. Like 
yes, you have to practice day in, day out. Yes, you get injured. Yes, your toes really do look like that, Natalie Portman. Yeah, holy fuck. Yes, being on point is like a fucking nightmare. Yes, like it's so intense and hard and competitive and insane. And being in this world is so exhilarating and exhausting for the audience member like it's crazy yeah uh, the one thing i can commend not one thing i can commend him for multiple things but yeah. he also made mother so i fucking hate him <laughs> um darren aronofsky something that he does really fucking well is swoop you into that world yeah and like choke you with it <laughs> he, he does his due diligence in terms of research and making sure his actors have the experiences to inform their roles yeah and then he chokes you with it yep yep he do <laughs> he do <laughs> if you want to get choked <laughs> go <laughs> if you want to get choked watch a darren aronofsky movie <laughs> if you just need a good choking <laughs> choke me brother oh my god <laughs> watch it watch a DA movie um the way that natalie sort of fits into this this world this crazy puzzle that mm -hmm. is darren aronofsky's like fucking ballet nightmare yes is she provides this like quiet intensity mm -hmm. right the whole movie she's struggling with being able to be free and be passionate and be like truly passionate in every sense of the word because i think you can have like a quiet passion for something mm -hmm. and not really allow people to see that yeah and just quietly work and quietly focus and it's, for some people that works really really well um and for others they need to pull that out of you so that they can see it too and that's the biggest problem with her character uh nina who is this like quiet intense sheltered girl who her only love was ever ballet because her mother was was a ballerina mm -hmm. and it's really undecided whether or not this is actually her passion or if she yeah. was truly just like thrust into it and like just adopted it mm -hmm. but there's like a quiet intensity to natalie portman that i think served the role very very well and i think in this case the her performative nature actually suited her very very well because in a way her own character was performing yeah that's that's what i was gonna say i mean I the thing that I see the most from her character is the desperation. Yeah. Because like this is genuinely the only thing that matters to her and to her life. Like this is her entire identity. It's this or it's nothing. The price that you pay for a character like that though is that I personally at least like didn't really have any sympathy for her no. because I was like I don't know you. I don't know your identity. I feel like I feel like you're an incredibly closed off person and probably have like a shit personality underneath yeah. all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore I don't really care that this is happening to you. And like, e even when it gets kind of like gross with her and Toma, like, and he's doing weird shit, like he also has a point. She doesn't even know who the fuck she is. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't condone him like assaulting her, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, but you don't do ya? The things that he says where he's like, you don't even know yourself. And it's like, yeah, it's fucking true. Yeah. He's basically telling her, ma'am, you don't have a personality. Yeah. You don't have anything to offer me as an as a director. You don't have anything to offer me and to offer this company and to offer the audience as an original thought, right? Yeah. Because a big for a big part of dance and a big part of performing in general is offering original ideas to an audience and presenting them and offering an exchange with the audience mm -hmm. and in turn the audience provides you with 
their own, you know, their applause, their emotions, their reactions, their energy. Like, right, you know, you talk yeah. about like being an actor and being on a stage and like receiving energy and mm-hmm. then giving energy back. It's a big song and dance, really. And I think the biggest issue that I actually have with Natalie Portman in this in this movie and why it's not my favorite role, though she did win the Oscar, is just because she is almost too performative mm-hmm. in this role. And even though in in a lot of the, in a lot of ways it serves her character very 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 well because yeah. her character is a shit like a shitty character in that she has no fucking personality. Mm-hmm. But then you think about it and you're like, well, her character is not really supposed to have a personality. Yeah, um, it's almost too much. Like her character can almost just speak for herself. Yeah, in that she does not speak for herself. Yeah, and it's almost too much of a of a layer on top of it all that she didn't really need to offer for a lot of the movie. Yeah, like I just personally, I don't feel any nuance within this character. Like I don't see any kind of genuine emotional depth. And like like we've been saying, to be fair, her motivations in this film are incredibly simple. They're very stilted. She wants to be perfect and she wants, and by becoming, by doing the dance of the fucking swan, like she gets to be perfect, end of story. Like that is her motivation. But like I said, the price that you pay for that is a performance that is incredibly presentational and like a little forced at times. Do I think she should have won an Oscar for that? No, I think she Ooh. won the Oscar because of the shock value of a lot of this and the portrayal of madness which i think was a testament more to like the filmmaking rather yeah. than her so the body horror is like re- that's kind of a phrase that i yeah. would use to describe a lot of what's going on in this movie it the body horror in and of itself is incredibly shocking and very difficult to adapt to adapt to throughout the movie which in and of itself like lends to the mm-hmm. overall like shock value of the movie right like she's picking at her nails but then you look again and it's like it's like a little bit off and she's like looking at her face and you look again and it's a little bit off. Like everything in the movie is very, very strange and Mm -hmm. eerie. And you know, the way that it's shot leads you to believe that there's something going on. There's something like sinister happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And as she's like picking a, a, a big, you know, thing about Natalie's character, Nina, is she has, uh, she's a bit of the trichotillomania. Yeah. Uh, She picks at her skin. She picks at her, um, she picks at her hair, like yeah. her eyebrows. She picks at her hair. She picks at her, um, like the hair on her arm, the hair, the um, skin around her, like nails. She yeah. picks at her back. She scratches like, her back. She scratches her back. And, you know, um, it's very interesting to watch Natalie, Natalie Portman navigate that kind of role. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like she's actually feeling like there's something there right mm-hmm. there the urgency of like uh, i need to get this off of me or like this needs to come off of my body or i can only get relief if i scratch or i can only get relief yeah. if i pick sometimes i feel that and sometimes i think she's tr- just doing it because that's that's it's what the, the stage direction was yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's kind of my only like my biggest qualm right yeah is just the the performative nature of her acting within a role like this is a little problematic when the role, the role is so big. The movie's yeah. so big that it, honestly it gets lost in it all. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it gets lost in the whole fucking movie because the movie's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's insane. Um, so it's like no harm, no foul that she didn't get the performance of a lifetime. But like to say that 
she got nominated for an Oscar and then she received won <laughs> one and then received yeah. one for that is a little it's a little much. I mean, I I can't say that I know all the movies that were nominated that year and all the actors that were nominated that it year. It was a big year for film. It was like The King's Speech, Social Network, The oh, Fighter, God. Inception. Yeah, it was a big year. It was a big year and it was just interesting. And I mean, we have our thoughts about the Academy mm-hmm. in general and we don't really we fucking take them with a grain of salt. <laughs> but like, it's just interesting to see where, where lies like performance versus filmmaking, yeah. right? A big part of this film was and a big part of why people loved this film was the filmmaking and not necessarily the performance totally and i think sometimes her performatism in that or her performative nature in within her own performance saved some of her role but really hindered a lot of the rest of her role yeah no i would totally agree i think the one there's like one moment where Mm. i feel that she is incredibly genuine mm-hmm. and that's when she finds out that she gets the swan yeah like she, she doesn't she receive a, good, a swan yeah. but she <laughs> i have received a swan <laughs> but when she finds out she gets the role of the swan and she goes into the bathroom stall and she calls her mom and she's mom. and she starts crying she's like mommy i got it he picked me yeah <laughs> and she's crying that moment I was like, okay, I, yeah. I see some life in you there. And I see it because like, she's acting like she's acting like a child mm-hmm. because she is one in a lot of ways. She acts like an innocent child because her mom has kept her so closed off. She's sheltered. So in some, sometimes I really appreciate that in the role, but other times I'm just like, I'm not intrigued by you being naive. It's like, not her. I'm, I'm genuinely kind of bored by it or like, annoyed she she has one facial expression she keeps on for the whole movie where she just looks concerned and i'm like could you do something different <laughs> jessica you're roasting her which is why when she finally when she stabs herself and transforms into the black swan yes that's when i'm like okay i like this movie yeah so i actually really like this movie and i know you probably can't tell by the way that we're talking about it i really like this movie i really like this movie i think the reason why we're being so nitpicky is because this movie is actually quite a big deal like this movie is beautiful and it is dark and it is captivating and the way that the the world building in this movie is insane yeah like the amount of research that went into this is crazy natalie portman herself an incredibly dedicated actor. She, she trained for like 10 months. Trained for like 5,000 years yeah. in order to do what, like a minute of this movie. <laughs> like, cause you know, even though it's not her dancing the dance of the Swan Lake or whatever the fuck, the, the swan song, yeah. the fucking swans. It's, it's, it's all her upper body mm-hmm. and it's a double for her lower body. Yeah, but she still had to go out there and do the dance, yes, which I find to be very rewarding as an actor. Like, like, I mean, if I was an actor, like if I were her, I would feel very good good about myself by going you know what i did that like i know that they're gonna cgi my fucking upper body on a lower body i get that well i think i think like some of the simpler ballet is her her. but like the harder stuff is like someone else yeah um which (laughs) commend that double Mm -hmm. that bitch you did good i got people from like was the the american it was like yeah yeah which um (laughs) which is so funny because like i over the quarantine they came out with a a documentary on disney plus about like american ballet theater Ah. or american theater (laughs) ballet or american theater of the ballet ballet theater yeah whatever whatever one of those and it was so fascinating to see all the little kids be like i am a dancer (laughs) and i am on point and this year i'm going to get into the school 
They're not all British. They're like all fucking American. I don't know why I did that. It's American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the point is that the dedication in this movie by all of the all of them, right? Even Mila Kunis, who I'm not very intrigued by Mila Kunis in general. No, but I liked her in this movie. But she was really good in this movie yeah. as like as like a contrast to Natalie Portman's character. I really I really loved their dynamic in this yeah. movie. I think like Mila Kunis being like fucking four feet tall and, and like with long hair and like tan skin and big and eyes. dancing in her barefoot. And dancing <laughs> bare feet and like swirling around yeah. and like commanding the room. Like that bitch was on. Like yep. she was there and ready to fuck like <laughs> she was like yes bitches like bow down to me mm-hmm. so her in contrast to like natalie's role i'm like yes bitch like get it yeah but in general i'm not very like intrigued by me like is but she's really good in this movie she's really good in this movie <laughs> i wonder if like she tried to do more dramatic stuff after this because this is literally the only serious thing she's ever done yeah truly though like really <laughs> truly unless there's like a serious moment in one of her rom-coms of yeah. which i've seen many yeah she's fun <laughs> like, she's fun she's She's great in Bad Moms <laughs> and a Bad Moms Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think to kind of like close out the Black Swan portion, like Monica and I really do love this movie. I think how this movie portrays creative madness is impeccable. Uh, I would go so far as to say pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. Like, when you really get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, do I think Natalie is emotionally shallow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think she does exactly what is needed in this movie? Also, yes. Like, I just don't feel bad for her. But I do think in that last third of the movie is pretty impressive work when she has completely descended yeah. and there is no turning back. And you know that the only thing that she can do to get out of this is to die. Yeah. And the last thing spoiler that I'll, alert. I know, sorry, spoiler <laughs> alert, the swan fucking dies. Yeah, she um, stabs herself. <laughs> as a swan, she like turns into a fucking swan and dies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the last thing that I will say mm-hmm. is the only time I ever really felt, or not the only time, because I in, I in thoroughly enjoyed this movie, mm-hmm. but the number one, like my biggest takeaway about Natalie Portman's per- performance in this movie is anytime she was in a scene with Thomas, mm-hmm. anytime she was in a scene with Vincent, she really let her guard down in that she was truly scared a yeah. lot of the times. Yeah. And that's when I really believed her when I was like, okay, you're really not performing. Like I would also be scared, bitch. Like yes, <laughs> this is Vincent Cassel. <laughs> so, you know, and it was, it's really cool to watch that sort of cat and mouse game yeah. where he's really fucking like tearing into her and, not like manipulating her and like gaslighting her in a lot of different ways and at some points harassing and abusing her and she's kind of just sitting there and taking it and feeling like the victim Mm -hmm. and i can really feel natalie feeling like the the victim in those moments um and it's 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 honestly like i feel gross watching that and i feel (laughs) i feel terrified for her and i feel bad for her and i feel like that's kind of the only times that I feel bad for her really because the, all of the, in the rest of the movie, she just like, doesn't really try. She goes, I'm trying, like I'm trying to dance the best, but no, one's picking me. Yeah. And I get that, but here I really believe it. Well, and it's especially upsetting because like we, like we don't feel like she ever feels truly alive as an actor, except for in those moments. Yeah. And that's exactly why his character does those things to her Mm -hmm. to make her seem like feel alive so it is pretty like 
icky at the end of the day that like he's doing it and unfortunately it's working unfortunately for the worst but it is working and that's very kind of gross to have to be honest with yourself as a viewer which is another reason why i really like this movie because Mm -hmm. it puts you as an audience member in a really uncomfortable position uncomfortable (laughs) but um yeah yeah if you're uh if your ballet teacher is like asking you to like your homework is like "Mm, go touch yourself (laughs) maybe report them if you can if you can if you can thank you and that's the biggest takeaway of the movie yep (laughs) monica what's our third and final film annihilation this movie was a fucking mind fuck and we'll get into that Annihilation came out in 2018, written and directed by Alex Garland. Oh, based- I love him. Oh, yeah, I know. Ex Machina, Devs. Ex Machina, so good. <laughs> AKA 24 Daddy. Uh, based on the novel by Jeff Vandermeer. Kane, played by Oscar Isaac, who, <laughs> he looks fine in this fine. movie. He looks fucking fine. An army special forces soldier who's been missing for a whole year suddenly reappears at the home of his wife, Lena, played by Natalie Portman. Not Nina, Lena. (laughs) A biology professor at Johns Hopkins. While Lena is relieved to see her husband alive, she quickly realizes he's alarmingly different. He remembers nothing about his mission and suddenly falls very ill. A government security force transports them to Area X, basically Area 51, Mm -hmm. where Lena learns about the Shimmer, an inexplicable biological phenomenon in the swamplands of Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's in the swamplands of Florida. That is not only slowly devouring Earth, but also every person who enters it. Determined to find out what happened to her dear husband, Lena enters the Shimmer with a team of women, only to discover something truly inhuman beyond all comprehension wow this film gives me so much existential dread but it is it's such a good movie um my i mean the best part about this movie are the special effects it's i mean it is not like it's not it's not like a film that you see for the acting or anything like that but it is fuck like it's a mind fuck and also it's a really good thriller in my opinion it's a it's supposed to be like a sci-fi movie yeah but this is a psychological thriller dressed to the nines oh yeah like oh my god and honestly like it's a really good movie yeah like i i I haven't quite good i haven't met a single person who's watched this movie and went that was bad like everyone who went to go see it actually really fucking liked it yeah um and it's based off it's based off of a book Mm -hmm. um also called annihilation yeah which i've read once and never read again okay it's got the same mind fuck so you only read it once like alex garland yes who literally refused to read it again he was like i'm gonna make it um my own i want to make it as if it's a dream like like, i'm making like a dream version like i'm remembering the book but like it's coming out different you know what i mean i don't want to read the book again amen (laughs) because honestly reading the reading that book is like reading the plague like it's hard to read again i'm sure you have to like sit there for a while and think about your life yeah but if you're a director you should fucking read the you book should, again sorry it, alex P- psa psa if you're a director <laughs> read the book again you should probably read it at least three times maybe four <laughs> but with annihilation i would say like it gave me eerie dystopian but modern day, but 
alien vibes. Yeah. It was, it's, you know, the, the world building is pretty fucking impeccable yeah. in this movie. And the, again, visual effects are fucking stunning. And the role that the actor plays in this movie is truly just the vessel for the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything else around them is bananas and bonkers and like eye candy for the audience. Mm -hmm. You can't look away from this movie, no matter what the fuck's happening. And a lot of shit visually happens in this movie. Yes. Uh, you cannot look away. Yeah, Cause you're also trying to wrap your head around the information that they're giving you because that's also kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. And the biggest word I can use to describe this movie is ambitious. Yeah. Like this movie went for it, balls to the wall, mm -hmm. naked in the streets, singing. <laughs> this movie went for it and just went, you decide. Yeah. <laughs> you choose. This is goosebumps, baby. Yeah, because you're not only trying to figure out what the fuck is going on for 99% of the movie, but when you actually technically like in quotes, find out what's going on, you're still like, but what is that? It's challenging. <laughs> it's really fucking challenging to try and dissect and understand yeah. this movie. And you fail every time yeah. because it's not meant for you, right? It's The movie is not made for you to understand it. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, the whole thing that's supposed to be happening is that there's like this this biological phenomenon, which is like an alien force, but it's not like an alien in the sense that there are like creatures that come to earth. No, no. It's like foreign, this thing that comes and devours what's, what's around it. And then like replicates life, but in very twisted ways. Um, and it like shifts, it alters the DNA of everything around it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's all so, hard to wrap your head around and you start thinking about your life and you start thinking about other things during yeah. the movie and i think that's what you're supposed to be thinking about yeah. is like how do i fit into all of this yeah. if this were to happen to me what would i do yeah um but the number one thing that i love about this movie is the inclusion of all of these like badass women yes. playing like these action heroes yeah Fuck yeah. yeah. They're all women scientists. They're all like really accomplished in their fields and they're all there to solve this problem. Yeah. They're all there to go into the shimmer and like they've dedicated their lives. Like they know what's going to happen. All the women in this movie, it's like Gina Rodriguez, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, and the other one whose name I don't remember. Tuva Novotny. She plays the best friend that... Julia Roberts makes in Italy in Eat, Pray, Love. Wow. You know, that blonde girl? <laughs> yeah, that bitch. <laughs> that is her. Oh, cool. Her agent really, really worked, really toiled to get her in this role. Uh, she is the first to die. Oh, uh, so yeah. So there's that. She's the first to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So um, seeing this group of women together is yeah. actually pretty fucking badass like totally. being a woman in the movie theater i was like yeah fuck you vin diesel isn't in this movie y'all <laughs> it's gina rodriguez it's, instead it's gina rodriguez instead <laughs> like come on now mm -hmm. it was really thrilling to watch especially because like natalie portman's a real life scientist mm -hmm. which is like pretty cool yeah she's a psychologist she's pretty pretty dope she's pretty sick you know it's fine um <laughs> But back to sort of like Natalie in general. Yes. It's fun to see her as an action hero, actually. I agree, which is why we chose this movie. Yeah. Because we were like, we could do this or we could do Jackie. What's more fun? <laughs> definitely Annihilation. Yeah, definitely Annihilation where you get to see her like fuck some people up with some guns. Yeah. I, 
at the end of the day, I still have the same feelings about Natalie as before because I encounter the same problems as before. But, you know, it's still more fun, I would argue. I think in this movie, though, she carries herself with such a sense of, like, confidence and, like, no nonsense. Yeah. And I believe it. I believe that. But I think the things I have a problem, the things that I contest with her acting are, like, her being closed off, her being very presentational. They work with some of the roles that she gets, like in this one, because in this movie, she has to be closed off and she has to like have no emotional depth because that's how she has to fucking survive. And also she's literally trying to keep a secret about like her identity from these other women for like a whole other reason that we're not going to get into, but just know that she's trying to keep it secret. And so these shortcomings that I see of her acting work to her advantage in this movie but like for me, it also means I care about the character less, but I still really like the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that it irked me to learn that Natalie Portman's role was supposed to be an Asian woman of mixed race. So I was kind of just like, man, bummer. Um, yeah. I didn't know that going into the movie. Like I just went to go see it because it was a fucking sci-fi blockbuster Neither did film. I. I think I read that like they don't say what her race is until the second book or something. Yeah, so, so he didn't know. So he didn't know because again, he read it the one fucking time, <laughs> didn't read it again and didn't read any of the other books. <laughs> yeah. So how to not be a director 101. <laughs> But I mean, it's still a visually stunning film. Yes, correct. Uh, But I did want to point out that very quickly because I think that's important when, especially like, (laughs) you're going to hate me. With people like Natalie Portman or Scarlett Johansson, Uh uh, you have to be careful about taking a role and not really doing, or I'm not going to assume and say that she didn't do her research. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but when you're taking a role like this, just like keep in mind like how it's going to look and like whose space spot you're filling basically. Yep. Like if that spot could go to someone else, I wouldn't take it, you yeah. know? Scarlett Johansson didn't need to take that one ghost in the shell role, but that bitch did. She fucking did. And she has since backed it up too. Being like, uh, I'm an actor. I should be able to play whatever I want. And I disagree with you, ScarJo. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally disagree. So, you know, I think sometimes going into these movies, it's really hard to determine what exactly is on the actor and what is Mm -hmm. on the casting and what is on the director i don't know like at the end of the day like i think every actor has autonomy every actor can decide yes or no every actor can go i can do this project i can't and i don't know what exactly was like the timeline for this whole thing yeah but i think it fails like take advantage of the like racial identity the ethnic identity of that character and so we as the audience couldn't really understand exactly like what that nuance looked like yeah right like what her background really looked like because the character was played by natalie portman who was a white women yeah so i'll i'll get into something that i do like about her um and i think that's she you get these like little emotional moments from her every now and again and that's not to say that they carry through the whole movie so i'm not sitting here going like natalie portman is amazing in this whole movie because she is super emotional but like you get moments of it um like when oscar isaac first comes back and she's like painting the bedroom and the fucking song is playing the only song that's in the movie other than the score um and she like 
she loses her mind and she's like mm-hmm. crying and screaming and she's like, Oh my God, you're alive. I thought you were dead. Blah, mm-hmm. blah. And that's a really beautiful emotional moment. And then you get to see like little points of that emotion kind of like bubble up throughout the whole movie, but because she's under like such severe stress and the stakes are so high and like, she doesn't really know what the fuck she's doing in this place. I mean, she knows that she's looking for answers, but she doesn't know where or when she's going to find them. So like her emotions don't really have anywhere to go. So she kind of like swallows them back up. And those are really nice moments to get to see. And then you also get to see some playfulness in her in the flashbacks. Um, But the stuff that like, I just don't necessarily buy all the time are her intentions, I think. Mm -hmm. And I would be curious to know if in the book they had the thing about her having an affair. Um, Because, yeah, because in the movie she had been sleeping with someone else when Oscar Isaac was like still around before he had gone missing. Like a a professor at the school. It was who she was like banging doing yeah exactly and so she has flashbacks to that and i think she has flashbacks to that because like she kind of feels guilty about it yeah um which i guess could be an attempt at giving her some intention here but to me it kind of muddies the intention because i'm going he's been gone for a year you were kind of checked out prior to that because you were cheating on him and then you enter this almost certain death scenario and then i also kind of question some of her like emotional responses to things that happen in the movie like at the end she when she watches the playback of what happens to her husband yeah yeah yeah, she literally watches her husband blow himself up and then a clone of him steps in frame and her only reaction is to shake her head a little bit and close the camera i'm like if i saw that (laughs) i would probably if i saw that i'd probably laugh i would probably like laugh cry scream faint something but she just like goes oh oh no and like shakes her head (laughs) and closes the camera and then proceeds to climb down the hole (laughs) where the fucking clone comes out of like i'm just i question her i question her what's really funny is i actually really love her work in this movie and um (laughs) I actually love how small a lot of it is because when I, I find it really relatable when I'm under intense pressure and intense stress, I just shut the fuck down. Maybe, like, maybe Natalie Portman is just a Capricorn and that's yeah, what I need to deal because with. Because I, what I do is I just focus on the task at hand. I go, no, nope, this needs to be done. I'm going to get it done. It's going to happen. Bye bye. I don't sit there like emoting about it, if yeah. that makes sense. So for me, I actually found it really realistic and relatable for her to be like, ah, oh, yes. Like, Okay information being taken in things are dire stakes are high let me just do my thing (laughs) let me just get the job done with my crew i get it but if you saw your husband's clone pop out would you still stay like okay yeah i would probably like i said i would probably go (laughs) i guess this is happening to me let me go down the hole what is natalie portman's sign uh i don't know but what i will say is she's a gemini oh interesting that is interesting that is wow um i will say that the moments in the flashbacks with her and oscar isaac Mm -hmm. i love that yeah that i really like those moments. their chemistry is really lovely mm-hmm. and they're really silly with each other and it's it's like sexy and it's fun and 
I feel the love. Like, I think Natalie Portman lets her guard down. Yes. And again, it's with another person, like mm-hmm. her scene partner. She lets her guard down. And it's so compelling and lovely to watch them, like, roll around with each other, basically. Yeah. And, like, laugh. And and she's remembering. And so, like, it's a little hazy and fun. I love it. I love the scenes where they have flashbacks of them with each other in bed, in the house, around. Like, I love that. And they have incredible chemistry. And she is able to capture the love so well and the silliness so well mm-hmm. and the stoiminess so well that I I love this role for her. This is a great fucking role. Yeah, I mean, I think it plays to a lot of her strengths. It, it does confuse me personally at times, but like that, I don't think that's on her. No, that's not on her. I think it's, it's just, just like her. This movie is confusing. Preference. This movie's fucking confusing. Like there's yeah. a lot going on. Her uh, intentions are crazy. She's like, it's like a soap opera set in like the future, set in the present, set with clones. Yeah. There's clones. There's, there's like the animals. It's fucking radio. She's radioactive. They're all radioactive. <laughs> the gene, there's a, Jennifer Jason Lee explodes into flames. Tessa Thompson, like this shit Tessa is Tessa Thompson crazy. becomes a fucking tree. This like- is crazy. <laughs> like it's insane. It's, it's really insane. Honestly, if I were you, I would go watch the movie again. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I if I'm not mistaken, it, but I don't remember. I don't know. I think it's on Netflix. It might, you might have to rent it regardless. I would actually go watch this movie again. Like if you watched it in theaters when it came out and it was a fucking mind fuck and you were like, what the hell? Yeah watch it again i really like this movie i I loved it when i saw it because i think when you watch it again there's like this extra layer of like ooh, i didn't catch all of this extra stuff Mm -hmm. Mm, delicious little nuggets of mm, mm, mm. yeah i would watch it again especially because i think the second time you already know the shocking parts so you can kind of focus on figuring out the story like the what exactly is going on when they explain like the shit about the fucking refraction dna and shit because the first time i watched it was like i don't know what's happening all i know is that tessa thompson sprouting leaves out of her arms yeah i think you know natalie portman plays like you know a very like secretive um like closed off role yeah which i find to be perfect for her i mm-hmm. think it was perfect perfect casting and like i can't imagine anyone else playing this role that she's in and it, it's honestly what like this is my favorite adult role that she's done all right um because it's really versatile it plays to her strengths yeah like very secretive psychologist not very emotive like (laughs) very closed off hard to read like and i love that because it plays to her strengths and i think she gets some really sick action sequences and that bitch is fit like she is is a fit she is ready she's strong she's gonna go (laughs) she's the new vin diesel oh my god like i pacifier two starring natalie Natalie portman Portman. (laughs) like i'm down for it and I, 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 she was such a treat to watch in this movie. I fucking love her in this movie. I'm so glad. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> that was Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. I love, I love things where we uh, don't fully agree. I think it's fun. I think it's also fun. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the listenership <laughs> loves? Y'all don't send us anything except questions every now and again. And yeah. perhaps a comment or two. Yes, a comment every a now comment. and again. Jessica, what have you dabbled in? Well, 
<laughs> oh my god i have a story monica knows part of this already but uh i'm not gonna get into de- too many details i won't give names and things like that i got oh my god. stood up for a date last night no um stood up in the sense that like we had discussed going out and then uh just i never received a confirmation to the day to the place and the time <laughs> are you serious yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened but the plot thickens monica so i was complaining to one of my friends about this and she uh googled him <laughs> oh my god <laughs> or rather or sorry i googled him and then i was like i need someone to discuss this with and then she googled him deeper so like it, it was fucking nuts. So just like uncovering details about this person that I was like, oh, fuck. Really good thing I didn't end up going on a date with them. And I'll tell you more about what the exact details are later. Oh, no. But just so discovering like weird things on Facebook and then also discovering that he like goes by multiple names and like I don't know which name is his actual name. And like yeah so like like a wait like a catfish situation but like he's real because his profile's verified so like i (laughs) so there's this the one name that he went by on the first app that i saw him on and then googled him and his facebook also has the same name but then he actually goes by a totally different name professionally and then i was on my other dating app and i was for some reason i was scrolling through old conversations and i realized i had spoken to him before months ago no. yeah, yeah, yeah. i had spoken to him before very briefly and i asked him a question and i didn't like his response so i didn't respond back to him and that profile is a third different name <laughs> and so i'm just like okay I'm very happy I got stuff for this day. Dude. Wait, but like who does that? Also, he's a vegan, which I can't hang with. I'm sorry. That's true. She's yeah. she's a big old carnivore. I, yeah, I just, the food's really important to me. We would never be able to eat together. That's sorry. true. <laughs> sorry, whatever your name is. <laughs> I don't apologize to him. He's crazy. You crazy. Yeah, so that's been my uh, 48 hours. That is <laughs> Oh God, dating apps sound like a fucking nightmare. You know, it's funny because I've been on so many dates in my life from dating apps and for the most part, haven't had bad experiences or haven't had at least people lying about their identity. (laughs) But now I'm like, is this something I need to do? Do I need to fucking Google everyone I go out with? Because his like texting language and conversation was so fucking normal that like, I just... I'm question so everything. Confused. Question everything. I'm so confused. Question everything. <laughs> That's my biggest advice. Question everything. Oh, boy. Don't trust anyone, not even yourself. Oh, my God. Am I real? No, you're a clone. Oh, no. You're in the movie uh, Annihilation. I fucking hope not. Uh, uh, what have you dabbled in? Mind? My dabble has been, I have been on the hunt because big announcement, everyone. We are doing a summer food truck tour. Woo! <gasps> Trying to like recreate applause with my mouth. It's yeah, not happening. Uh, so more of this to come. But basically, we are doing a ten food truck food truck tour for the summertime. So between the months of June all the way through August, we are going to be visiting one food truck every so often and doing a review mm-hmm. and talking about it here mm-hmm. on the podcast and on Instagram as well. So if you want to follow us, go give us a follow. 
Um, we'll go ahead and review them so that if they're shit, you don't have to. If they're incredible, yeah, you can go. You can go. Um, so this is it. This will be food trucks in Los Angeles and the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. So if you have a food truck, um, like if you've always wondered about a food truck and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want it, because you know. Food trucking is a whole ordeal. It really is. It really yeah. is. And we want to do the work for you. So, and also eat. And also so, this is a very John Favreau thing to be doing. Exactly. Uh, John Favreau would smile down upon us. Yeah. Um, so if there are any food trucks that you've been dying to try, but you really just don't know, you're like, mm, do I want to make the trip out there? Do I want to go stand in the line? Yeah. Do I want to be in the heat? Do I want to receive only one napkin for my large meal? I don't know. We we'll will do tell it for you. you. We will tell you. We'll tell you. We'll eat the food. We'll rate it. We'll talk about it here. Maybe we'll talk about it there. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. But this will be our big summer blowout. Yoo-hoo. Big summer blowout. <laughs> um, We also have a question this week. Who asks? No name. No name. No name hiding? <laughs> no name. Um... Based on today's daddy, create a mixed drink based off of that daddy. Oh. Oh. Water. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> You're crazy. I'm crazy. I would do like a I would do like a spritz of some kind. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She doesn't strike me as very spritzy. She's spritzy. Okay. She's like a spritz. She's like a it's like like sparkling water uh-huh. and like a like gin, okay. I would definitely do a gin drink for her. Yeah, I was also gonna say gin. I was gonna do something with like a, like something like tea infused. Like an Earl Grey gin. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I was gonna do like uh, gin, like sparkling water, gin, and like olive juice. Interesting. Yeah. I was gonna do like- I don't a, know if it would taste like any good. Like a tea infused gin, maybe like something botanical, maybe like some elderflower. Yeah. Uh, something um, kind of like a bramble interesting yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. that's what i would do for her yeah (laughs) and water (laughs) yes also water because it's plain oh my god get out of here (laughs) get out of town but that would also mean that um like my life depends on it and my life does not depend on natalie portman (laughs) see you later heater (laughs) (laughs) and on that note Don't Don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Bye, Monica. Goodbye, hater. (laughs) 